Welcome to the Israel United in Christ podcast with the real Jew. The 12 tribes of Israel, they get the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. From the words of the Most High, straight from the Bible. Join us each week as the prophets break down the basics, Bible mysteries, expose dangerous deceptions, and show you how to come back to your heritage and inherit the kingdom of heaven. These are revelations and insight that you will not get anywhere else. So he that have him here, let him hear. Because the prophets are about to speak. Israel United in Christ podcast. Shalom Israel and Mosin Christ Bless. You're listening to a new series in the Israel United in Christ podcast. Nations that hate black people. And if you haven't done so yet, be sure to download the IUIC app over at IUICapp.com. Once again, that's IUICapp.com. We have the app available for Mac operating systems. So that means if you have an Apple iPhone or iPad, you can download the app. The app is also available for Android. So that means for all your Android devices. So make sure you go over to iuicapp.com and download the app. It's for free. So now let's send this out to headquarters with the bishop and the deacons. We'll continue in the series, Nations That Hate Black People. Aitan, what you got for us? Go to, uh, go to Wikipedia Bazange. Two places. Wikipedia can be subject to change, so I'm use two sources, if you don't mind. Um, Zange Wikipedia first. Our education goes beyond Wikipedia, by the way. I was just using it because it's convenient. Uh, meaning, it says Zange, Arabic or Persian. Zange meaning land of the blacks. That goes back to what we know of as Negro land, where Israel was. We went over that in the class way back. Was a name used by medieval Muslim geographers. So the Muslims named that area land of the blacks as they saw Israel was there among Hamites. Um, referred to both a portion, a certain portion of Southeast Africa, primarily the Swahili coast, and to the area's Bantu inhabitants, that's Israel among them again. This word is also the origin of the place Zanzibar, which is also a slave trade post as well. Zanji is a, of unknown derivation. But the appellation in Persian is roughly equivalent with Negro. That's what Zanj means. It is accorded in Arabic as Zanji uh, and in Turkish as Zanchi, whatever, Chi, Zanchi, I guess. The Latinization Zanguium is an archaic or old school name for the band of East African coast in modern day Kenya and Zan Tanzania. In the modern day, the architecture of these commercial urban settlements, blah, 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 go. To go to um, Botanica now. Go there now. So it's got the point. Zanja's black. Black rebellion, Negro rebellion, black rebellion, same thing. Zanja rebellion, a black slave revolt against the Abbasid Caliphal Empire. Arabs, a number of Basran, we said it earlier, Basran landowners have brought several thousand East African blacks into southern Iraq. That's what they're called Afro Iraqis. Zanja are also referred to as Afro Iraqis. Um, to, to drain the salt marshes east of Basra. The landowners subjected the Zanj, who generally spoke no Arabic, language foreign to our own, um, to heavy slave labor and provide them with only minimal substance. In September 1869, Ali Ibn Muhammad, a Persian, 
Iranian again, claiming descent from Ali, the fourth caliph, and Fatima, Muhammad's daughter, gained the support of several slave work crews, that's us, which could number from 500 to 5,000 men by pointing out the injustice of their social position and promising them freedom and wealth. So this Persian guy wanted rank. He wanted to basically overthrow um, his people with our help. That's what he wanted to do, because he was subject to, I guess, low status as well, even though he was outside of our people. Uh, Ali's offers became even more attractive with this subsequent adoption of Kajarit, um, religious stance. Anyone, even a black slave, the Zanj again, could be elected caliph, and all non-Kajites were infidels threatened by holy war. This is part we want. Zanj forces grew rapidly in size and power. That's us again. Absorbing, what we, what we did, absorbing the well-trained black contingents that defected from the defeated caliphal armies. So you're part of Arab army, you mentioned that earlier. We were in the militaries. And so, along with some disaffected loyal local peasantry, so some other Arabs and Persians as well. But the point is, is that the Zandra Negroes and the slave revolt took place and you had um, ex-black slaves who were in Arab militaries fighting and so on and so forth. All right? Praises, all praises. Give me the next article about Arabs hate. You can X out of that, you can X it. X out. Give me the article about Arabs. Right. Arabs hate black people. This was uh, posted in uh, 2013. They don't think a black can be Muslim. Uh, this is by somebody named Necca Bell. Therefore, the Negro nations are, as a rule, submissive to slavery because Negroes have little that is essentially human and have attributes that are quite similar to those of a dumb animals. Those of dumb animals, as we have stated. That is from Ibn Khaldun in 1377, one of the greatest Arab minds ever. So that's a quote from a book, okay? You can write his name down, Ibn Khaldun, if you doubt what is being said there. Arab Muslims do not tell their black friends that the word for black, as in, as in a black person, is Arabic, is slave. That this means that if you are a black man, your Arab Muslim friend would describe you thus. A man walked into the store and he was searching for you. He was a well-dressed slave and wanted to buy some French fries. <laughs> to all blacks who fell into the strap of Islam to avoid white supremacy. This is what the woman was saying. How we run from white supremacy to Islam. That's what, to Arabs, that's what many of us have done. That's what Farrakhan and them have done, okay? Uh, to all blacks who fell into this trap of Islam to avoid white supremacy, please know that not only are you in danger of being the butt of a joke, but your spiritual life is in jeopardy. Furthermore, you are only being subjected to Arab supremacy, which is like jumping out of the frying pan, rolling around in breadcrumbs, and lying right back into that pan. <laughs> Many blacks began as Baptists or other denominations and had very good morals and respected women. But then they joined the Islamic faith, which is no faith. Now, why do we do, many of us do that? Because under Christianity, you see white images everywhere. We're being oppressed by so-called white man. So we said, listen, we need something with people of color. So we joined and became Muslims. Okay. Uh, Abu Bakr. A black Muslim from Sudan says, Moroccans cannot believe many of us are Muslims too. According to him, people are surprised when they see him kneeling for prayer. They don't think a black man could be Muslim. 
black African guest workers, you know what a guest worker is, a slave. Black African guest workers in places like Egypt, Algeria, and Libya have spoken about being publicly ridiculed and physically assaulted by Arabs. So you see all the various sources, we're, all, we're reading about the same thing. And no Christian groups talk about this. Yeah, how, yeah, you love everybody, you're full of it. Egyptian writer, Mono Alta, Alta Wai, whatever, has written about watching a Sudanese girl being assaulted and tormented on the Cairo Metro. That's the train, train system in Egypt. And concluding, uh, we are racist people in Egypt and we are in deep denial. She says, the Arab world has ignored the suffering of Darfur because the victims are black. We only pay attention when America and Israel behave badly. Okay, Muslim slave trade in Africa has lasted... Okay, get on... Wait, 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 wait. Over seven... Love stuff, let me read this. Hey, can you read it for me? I'm tired. Muslim slave trade in Africa has lasted 14 centuries and continues to this day in places like Mauritania, Saudi Arabia, and Sudan. Assalamu alaikum, my nigga. <laughs> Over 17 million slaves, mostly black women and children, were transported out of Africa by Islamic traders. Another 85 million are believed to have died en route. The Prophet Muhammad practiced and approved of slavery and directed his men to do the same. The Quran devotes more verses to informing Muslim men of their right to keep women as sex slaves than it does to telling them to pray five times a day. The Arabic word for black, abd, is synonymous with the word for a slave. Muhammad's father-in-law, Umar, declared that Arabs could not be taken as slaves and freed all Arab slaves. This led to the wide Islamic campaign to capture slaves in Africa, Europe, and Asia. Now, you see that part where it says Muhammad, go back, go back. Muhammad's father-in-law, Umar, declared that Arabs could not be taken because we had them as slaves. When we were the Moors ruling, we did have them as slaves. And guess what? All, to all my Arab friends out there, Allah Akbar, we will enslave you again. <laughs> Under the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Understand that. We're going, we coming for you, Ishmael. And Edom. Edom, you didn't get in the way. Also, also, notice says to capture slaves in Africa, Europe, and Asia. To capture them means that we were there. That means Israel was in these areas and they took us as slaves from these areas, which includes the Moors in Europe and Asia and in Africa. All right. Western slave trade exploited Africans primarily for agricultural labor. The Arab slave trade, on the other hand, has more often used men for military service and women for sex and for their wombs to produce children who will be Muslims. Many, many Muslim leaders since Muhammad have had harems of hundreds or even thousands of non-Muslim young girls and women to service their desires. Converting to, converting to Islam does not automatically grant a slave his freedom, although this is said to increase the slave master's heavenly reward. According to Islamic courts, slave masters may treat their slaves however they choose without fear or of penalty. Arabs hate black people, and that is not from today. It is in their blood. Abu wait, wait, the proof is 
We read it in the Bible. They've been warring against us from the time of old. And this was written over 3,000 years ago. Arabs hate black people. And that is not from today. It is in their blood. Abu Bakr, a young man from Senegal who was hoping eventually to cross over into Europe, told the reporter for R&W, Radio Netherlands Worldwide, friends of mine were attacked with a knife. Bandits target us because they know we cannot go to the police. Even if we are robbed and hurt, having no papers, we will be caught instead. Blacks have no right here. Racist altitudes, excuse me, racist attitudes are also evident in other ways. Suleiman from Guinea, Conakry is angry that Moroccans call him African in a negative way. They should consider us African brothers, he says. It is different when a European calls you African or when another African does. Abu Bakr is also insulted that Moroccans cannot believe many of us are Muslims too. According to him, people are surprised when they see him kneeling for prayer. They don't think a black man can be Muslim. African globe. Islam is a deadly ideology. And in fact, Islam is the most racist and bigoted against Jews. Christians, Hindus, Sikhs, Zoroastrians, and all other non-Muslims religions there is. As I've noticed over the decades on this, on this site and elsewhere, Muslims hate blacks, including Muslims who are black and regularly refer to them as abd, singular and abid, plural, which is Arabic for slave, but it is used as the N-word by Arabs and Muslims. And as I've noted, Muslims have repeatedly, repeatedly picked fights against and even murdered blacks all over the Detroit area, such as Kelvin Porter, whose 12-year-old daughter watched two Arab Muslim gas station clerks beat him to death with a tire iron while calling him the N-word after he asked after he asked them to stop leering at her. As I've also noticed on this site, Arab Muslim students throughout Hamtrakistan regularly engage in violent attacks against blacks. And so it goes with Dearborn's Edison Ford High School, where blacks were attacked by Arab Muslims because an Arab Muslim girl was apparently engaged in a relationship with a black student. Remember, this was the same school in which Arab Muslim students made sweatshirts praising and honoring the 9-11 attacks on America. And the underwear bombing attempt by Umar Farouk Abdullah. So after reading all of this, now they got various videos. Y'all can look at them, check them out. Fact check us. Fact check what we're going over. I want to, I, I, I don't, I, I, I got to go to our friend. I got to talk about our friend. The friendly neighborhood white man. We got to talk. We can't leave him out. We can't leave that devil out. Be remiss of us to leave him out. So some of y'all with Arab friends, you might be beside yourselves right now. How could Abdullah think like that? Some of y'all think that Israelites are crazy. They're watching online. You guys are crazy. No, we're not crazy. We just teach and we read the Bible. We prove what is written. And what we've read in the Bible, we, we have fact-checked it historically so what we're saying is correct and what we're showing you biblically historically and currently your christians will never share with you neither your muslims so we want to talk about now we're going to speed full steam ahead to the alt-right 
Christian apologetics. That's right. I gave him a new name. The alt-right Christian apologetics. That's who they are. Alt-right stands for alternative right. Christian apologetics. That's who they are. You heard that, uh, James Esau and Vocab Edom? I hope y'all listening. Uh, let's open up with Joel chapter 3, please. Joel chapter 3. Let's start at verse 1. They would love us to go back. They, they want to shut Israel up so bad. Because why? We are pulling the truth out of the Bible. They want our people to be stuck on John 3.16. And they got the wrong understanding of that verse as well. Okay. Joel chapter 3 verse 1. Uh -huh. For behold in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. When it says bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem means bring us again to the true motherland of Jerusalem. That's what it means. Bring us out of captivity. Good. I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. So God's plan is to bring all nations down into the valley of decision. That's what it means. Jehoshaphat means decision. The valley of decision. Where God is going to make a decision of who his chosen people are and who are not. <laughs> Go ahead. And will plead with them there for my people. The whole part of bringing all nations at war one with another is to plead with those nations for what they get, did against God's people. Read that part again. And will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel. And when the Lord pleads, that means he's killing. I'm going to say it again. When the Lord pleads, that means he's killing. Because he ain't going to ask nobody a daggone thing. I'm going to prove that pleading means God kills. Give me that in Isaiah 66, 15. This explains pleading. Oh, God, please. That means he's going to have a conversation with the nations. No. Isaiah 66, 15. For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire... And by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh. See that? Will the Lord plead with all flesh. Read. And the slain of the Lord shall be many. There's going to be a lot of killing. That's how God pleads with you. You want God to plead with you? He's going to kill you. That's what it means. Go back to Joel now. I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, uh -huh. whom they have scattered among the nations. How did they scatter us amongst the nations? In slavery. Slavery and forced migration. Forced migration meaning we ran for our lives to get away from these nations, like we read in Luke 21. Go ahead. Whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Who parted God's lands? The Palestinians and the white man. The white man set himself up there in 1948. Write this down. The white man set up the state of Israel in 1948 under the League of Nations, led by the United States of America and Britain. They set them up in 1948 as the Israelis, the Israeli government. And you had the Palestinians already there. Go ahead. And they. And yes, DJ Khalid is Palestinian, by the way. Go ahead. And they have cast lots for my people. And now the Lord's going to explain what they did when they scattered us in slavery. And they have cast lots 
for my people. Meaning they bid for us. Go ahead. And have given a boy for an harlot. Meaning they made the boys into breeders. Go ahead. And sold a girl for wine that they might drink. So they sold the girl for wine and they had sex with the girls. Go ahead. Yay. And what have you... Like you saw in the movie Nat Turner. And when it says girls, it means girls. Because the Edomite had the girl in the bed. She was like 10 years old. When the, uh, it was, who's the one that killed the Edomite? Will the executioner went in and chopped the, de the demon up and saved the little girl. That's a real superhero for you right there. That's right. Greg, you need a cape. Go ahead. And sold the girl for wine that they might drink. Yay. And what have you to do with me? Oh, Tyree and Zidon. Tyree and Zidon were two uh, African nations that surround the area of Le what's called Lebanon today. Go ahead. And all the coast of Palestine. The coast of Palestine is referring to the um, Palestinians. Go ahead. Will you render me a recompense? And if you recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Ooh, the word recompense means payback or judgment. God said, I'm going to pay you the judgment you paid my people. I'm going to bring that same judgment back on you. Go ahead. Because you have taken my silver and my gold. They robbed us, literally. When they conquered us during the dark ages, near the end, they robbed us of all our wealth. Go ahead. And have carried into your temples my goodly, pleasant things. Uh -huh. The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem have ye sold unto the Grecians. That's the proof. The Arabs and the Africans sold us to the white man. That's what we were reading about today when it said the sub-Saharan slave trade predated the transatlantic slave trade and they worked in conjunction with the white man, the Edomites, to make us slaves. And it was all the white man is the one that orchestrated that plan. Esau, thank you. you gotta keep correct. When we say white, we gotta correct each other. Don't say white man. Esau, we gotta start using God's words. Okay, from there. Read that again, read that again. The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem have ye sold unto the Grecians that ye might remove them far from their border. And they have removed us far from their border. Now, you have an influx. Listen good to what I'm about to say. There has been a recent influx of blacks, Israelites, going back to the land of Israel. Watch this. Now, during the 70s, the end of the 70s and 80s, they had something called, um, what is that called when they fly the the airlifts, uh, black Jews to Israel? What was it called? Operation, was it Moses? I don't know if it was Moses, but the Ethiopians. Operation Moses. Okay, 1984, thank you. I thought it was called something, but I knew it was Operation something, where they airlifted our people over there. Now, watch this. Give me the first video called uh, Sterilization. Yeah. You see? Listen good. Listen good. Jewish forced sterilization on black Ethiopian Jews. So all that, when they airlifted them over there and said, we're all one? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I want to talk to you about something that used to be a very prominent practice right here in the United States, eugenics. 
Eugenics is a movement of people that think human populations can be improved through selective breeding and forced sterilization. Proponents of the practice actually believe that their social status is due to their superior genetic makeup. Shockingly, eugenics played a significant role in the cultural development of many institutions in the U.S. and was a widely accepted cultural norm. In fact, a 1937 Fortune magazine poll found that only 15% of Americans opposed the practice. Actually, the U.S. pioneered the sterilization movement against defective genetic traits, which then paved the way for Hitler's widespread genocidal practice of eugenics against minorities in Germany. Even though the Nazi party considered the U.S. an ally in the eugenics movement, World War II greatly changed the American perception of the inhumane practice. But before it was finally condemned in the U.S., it affected an estimated 65,000 Native American, African American, and disabled women who had all been forcibly sterilized. Soon after, the anti-eugenic sentiment spread worldwide and was considered a violation of human rights in almost every international body, which now say that perpetrators of this practice should be punished and the victims compensated. In fact, according to the Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide, one of the factors listed as an act of genocide is the intent to destroy a national, ethnic, racial, or religious group as, quote, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. Fast forward to today. What would you say if I told you that eugenics is still in full effect, and even worse, that it's being administered by a first world democracy? Yep. Believe it or not, the Israeli government has been forcibly administering birth control to a segment of its population. For the first time, an Israeli government official has publicly acknowledged their practice of injecting Ethiopian Jewish women against their will with contraceptives. Israel is a country that has experienced a significant influx of Ethiopian immigrants during the last two decades. Now, some 130,000 Ethiopians, most of whom are Jewish, live in the country. However, the Ethiopian minority population is heavily marginalized and segregated, not to mention they experience exponentially higher poverty and unemployment rates than that of native Israelis. In fact, there have been multiple instances of racist mobs who have vandalized and harassed Ethiopian neighborhoods. And even these nationalists are even supported by some members of the Israeli Knesset. At one nationalist rally, a Knesset minister, Miri Regev, described illegal immigrants as a, quote, cancer to the country. But these instances of racism have long plagued Israel. Back in 1996, thousands of Ethiopian Jews clashed with riot police over the news that blood they donated was secretly dumped out because of fear that it was contaminated with AIDS. But perhaps more disturbing than all of this is that the Ethiopian Jewish population has been struggling with a staggering 50% decline in their birth rate over the last decade. And this week, we've finally been able to confirm why. According to Israel news source Haaretz, the government has been injecting Ethiopian Jewish immigrants with Depravera, a hormonal contraceptive, and they've been doing it without their consent or knowledge. One investigative journalist who interviewed 35 Ethiopian immigrants found that they were intimidated and threatened into taking the shots, which they were told were merely inoculations. Not only is this completely inhumane and despicable, it's also a complete violation of human rights and female sovereignty and making their own reproductive choices. But even though they have now admitted to the practice, they have denied wrongdoing. In light of this scandal, Israel's health minister now claims that gynecologists have been ordered, 
quote, not to renew prescriptions for Deprovera for women of Ethiopian origin if for any reason there's concern that they might not understand the ramifications of the treatment. Great, but what about the compensation for the victims? What about the accountability for the perpetrators? Sorry, but the Israeli government's word just doesn't cut it when they already act with complete impunity. The part that really irks me, though, is the utter hypocrisy. Israel is the only country in the world that was paved for a specific group of people that experienced such horrific discrimination and genocide. And for that same group of people to now use Hitler's methods against another minority to maintain a Jewish majority is insane. I guess it's true when they say history repeats itself. Well, alrighty then. Why don't the Christian apologists talk about that either? They're the devil the Bible speaks of, all of them. Listen, uh, these damn alt-right Christian apologists, they are the devil. All right, that's a wrap for this episode in the series, Nations That Hate Black People. Lord willing, we will be here next week with another episode and continue to detox our people from the lies they've been told about who you are and where you come from and where you're going. Until then, spread the word about this show. And always remember, keep the commandments of the Most High. Shalom. Most High in Christ blessed. And thank you for listening to the Israel United in Christ podcast. If you like what you heard, we do hope you pass along our web address. That's IUICpodcast.com. That's IUICpodcast.com. To your family, friends, and colleagues, be sure to check out our archive of previous podcasts. Be sure to check the live class schedule. To join us for our next live web streaming Sabbath class. Join us next time for another edition of the Israel United in Christ podcast with the real Jews, the 12 tribes of Israel. And spread the word about the show. Until next time, Mosai in Christ bless you and yours.